1: No Cooley today on the show. I apologize for that. He apologizes for that. He's just not 100%, guys. Uh, Last week, he was not 100%. He had knee surgery. It's been painful for him. Um, And... He wants to come on when he's able to really prepare, and he just hasn't been able to do that uh, here over the last few days. So we will wait for him to be totally prepared, and whether it's tomorrow or Wednesday um, or later in the week, when he comes on, he'll be ready to roll. But um, uh, I'm I'm not going to push it. I pushed him on this show Friday, and he was feeling better in the moment, but I don't think he's feeling well enough To do the show today, Doc Walker will be on the show with us today, so we will get Doc's thoughts um, coming up in roughly 20 25 minutes. We'll get Doc's thoughts on the draft. I'm going to handle sort of the draft recap solo until we get Doc on. I also will talk a little bit later on in the show about the Wizards Mavericks game on Saturday night and what I think was one of the best individual performances by a Wizards player in years. Uh, I did want to say up front for those that have asked why on like a draft weekend I don't do an extra show, um, when it comes to, you know, the recaps of games, you know, you you've noticed obviously since I went back to radio two years ago that I can't do a late Sunday night, you know, podcast after a game or an early Monday morning. And the same goes for the draft. And the reason is I actually, you know, have a commitment to the radio station to provide that, that content on those bigger days, more important days where we have, you know, a significant increase in listenership to do it on the radio show first, by the way, on the radio show this morning, we had Greg Minuski on the show. Minuski is a defensive quality assistant coach at the University of Kentucky this year. He coached Jamin Davis. Um, You can go find that uh, on the Team980.com or the Odyssey app and listen to that interview. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's the greatest interview I've ever done or been a part of, Um, but there was some... Information that he gave out uh, related to Jamin Davis that I think you would all find interesting. Specifically, I'll, I'll give you one um, one particular piece of info that he uh, that he shared with us, and that is he was very, very surprised that Jamin Davis ran a sub-4, 4, 440. He didn't think he was that fast. Um, but he did say he's a great kid and went into what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are, et cetera. You can listen to that. Um, on the team980.com on the podcast, which the radio show gets podcasted every day as well. I wanted to start with this something that, to be honest with you, wasn't even a thing for me over the weekend until I got in this morning and my producer, Brendan, on the radio show said, Are you as upset as everybody else is, or a lot of people are, that Washington drafted a long snapper in the sixth round? And I said, Should I be? Um, Why is this guy not very good? What's the deal? And he said, No, no, no. They're just a lot of fans are really upset that they wasted a draft choice on a long snapper. And I, I did it. Never, it didn't even occur to me on Saturday watching the draft. In fact, if you listen to the show Friday with Cooley, I suggested as part of my ten. You know, thoughts, predictions of what would happen over the weekend Um, and on Thursday, um, going back to Thursday, I predicted that um, they would take a long snapper in this draft. And Cooley said, no, 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 they don't need to do that. You You don't draft a long snapper. You can get one as an undrafted free agent. They released, if you recall, Nick Sunberg after you know how many years Nick Sunberg was with the organization, ten plus, um, somewhere around there. So they had a need for a long snapper. Um, it never occurred to me to be distraught over Washington selecting a long snapper. They had a significant need, and when this player came off the board, I'm pretty sure it was Todd McShay on ESPN that said this guy is really good, and he. Um, He followed in that round, in that sixth round, um, Thomas Fletcher, who was selected by Carolina out of Alabama as a long snapper. Fletcher went, um, I think, three players before, four players before. Uh, uh, Fletcher went at 38, and then Cheeseman went at 41. So three players earlier he went. Um, And McShay was really high on Fletcher as a long snapper. And then when Washington took Cheeseman, Cameron Cheeseman from Michigan, a couple of spots later, he was very high on him too. Um, And so, you know, between Kuyper and McShay, they know who these guys are. They know who these guys are and know whether or not they're going to be drafted. They had video of the guy. I mean, they had a bunch of stuff on the guy. They were expecting the possibility that Cheeseman would be drafted. Now, When I, on Thursday or Friday, said to Cooley, I think they're going to draft a long snapper, and he said, no, 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 they they can get one as an undrafted free agent. The thing that neither one of us pointed out, and it's very significant um, as to perhaps why two long snappers were drafted, this draft was light on quality draftable players. A lot of college players opted back in to the next college season because they could because of COVID. And this draft was a draft that was thought to be beyond the fifth round, really slim pickings. Next year's draft will be back to normal, if not even more significant, because a lot of the players that may have been in this year's draft will be in next year's draft as well. And so because of that, what you did see is you saw a lot of teams trying to trade up earlier – in the draft. Baltimore traded into the fifth round and they were done. They, they, they shut down their draft after the fifth round. They did not have a sixth round p- uh, pick. They did not have a seventh round pick. They were done. A lot of teams were trying to trade up. Now, the rub in trying to trade up was that other teams wanting to trade back or, or allowing a trade up weren't going to ask for picks this year they were going to get picks next year. So if there was a player that you were like, "Oh my god, this guy would usually be a 6th round pick, but he's going to be a 5th round pick this year because at the back, you know, portions of this draft, it's really it's really light on quality players. Um teams were trying to move up. Washington moved up into the 6th round. They made a trade with Philadelphia. They took on Philadelphia, uh, an additional Philadelphia seventh rounder, and had to give up next year's fifth to move in to the sixth with the Eagles to 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 select this guy Cheeseman. Look, they had a need because Sundberg isn't there. The draft wasn't going to produce, in a lot of people's opinions you know, a lot at the back end of the draft. You know, maybe they felt like our chances of getting a cam curl this year in the seventh round aren't nearly as good as they will be, you know, in an, or that as they would be in a normal draft. And we really need this guy, and this guy's really good. And, by the way, the undrafted free agents, because they're slim pickings too, we're not going to be able to find one. So I don't have a problem with it at all. It's funny. It just never occurred to me when they selected him that there would be an issue with it, I knew what Cooley said, but I think also we did a a poor job late last week describing why maybe there was an increased possibility of somebody like Cheeseman being taken this year. You know, it's the same thing with you know a certain position. Um, if a team really liked a player, that that and in, in, instead of a few players in the sixth or seventh round, like they might in typical years they may have traded up to try to get that player to ensure that they got that player so anyway long snapper i didn't really have an issue with that what about the rest of the draft there's one player in predict in particular that i predicted would be selected by this team or i threw it out as a player that they really liked they picked him and i'm going to tell you why Um, i think that this player may be the most significant contributor right off the bat When we come back right after this word
0: from one of our sponsors we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
1: Washington drafted 10 players over the weekend. Uh, They drafted Jamin Davis in the first round. And then on Friday night, they added three additional players, one in the second round, two in the third. We'll get to those in a moment. They added a fourth rounder, a fifth rounder, a sixth rounder. The one player we have talked about on the show today, Cameron Cheeseman, the long snapper, who is an absolute lock to make the team. Unless somehow he gets the yips in mini-camp or in training camp or in preseason games. Um, but he's the absolute lock to be a starter next year as the long snapper. Um, and then they had three seventh-round picks um, where they took flyers on a linebacker, a defensive end, and a wide receiver. As I've mentioned many times, you know the grading of a draft is almost as ridiculous as the predicting of a draft. It is such a total crapshoot. Um, teams that, that have a 35 to 40% hit rate somewhere in there uh, on uh, on a total draft. And, and the hit rate meaning, you know, you look at it three years down the road and 35% of the players are still on your roster contributing um, in, in sort of a significant way. That's a good draft. So, you know, Washington drafted 10 players. If they can get four of them, Three years from now to be significant contributors, it was a good draft. It was an excellent draft. Look, they have drafted better in recent years. And I think we're all sort of proud of the fact that finally the draft has produced some real sta- standouts. You know, starting with that 2017 draft, you know, when they started drafting defensive linemen, you know, John Allen, um, you know, it was a big uh, producer and Chase Rouillet. But really, here we are four years later. And out of that draft, really. Two two significant contributors, Allen and Trace, Chase Ruij, and really not one star in that draft. You know that was a draft of ten players as well. So overall, you would go back and say about the twenty seventeen draft. I mean, Ryan Anderson was on the team, but he wasn't a starter this last year. Um, you would go back and, and probably grade th- you know four years, three years after the fact, the twenty seventeen draft as like a C minus. I mean, Sprinkle played. Um, but Sprinkle was never a major contributor. Monte Nicholson was, you know, a little bit of a contributor. P. Ryan not so much. Moreau, not that much. They really didn't get that much other than John Allen and Chase Ruye out of that draft. The 2018 draft, obviously Payne, Christian, um, and Settle are all, you know, contributors. But still, they, they fucked up royally with the selection of Darius Geis, a selection that had Bruce Allen raising his arms in a V afterwards, like they had just stolen a player at the end of the second round. No one else in the league wanted Darius Geis, which is why Washington could trade back to the end of the second round and get him when we now know why. But overall, that draft produced, when, is, when all is said and done, basically two starters, you know, and not a full-time starter in Christian. Um, Deron Payne uh, was, you know, it, but I think we like Settle, but, you know, a C draft three years after the fact. The 2019 draft, well, there is a bit of a difference as of now. Montez Sweat and Terry McLaurin both look like star players, but they totally messed up courtesy of the, uh, courtesy of the owner, the first round pick, uh, the first first round pick in Haskins. Wes Martin may be a contributor. Cole Holcomb is. We don't know really enough about Harmon and Jimmy Moreland at this point. And last year, I think it's pretty fair to say that they got you know a star in Chase Young at the number two overall pick, which you should. But these drafts are just so hard. You know, there was excitement. I'm, I swear to God, there was excitement after every draft with a lot of you. And with me at times, too. But we don't know. So with that understood, that we really don't know. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you some overall thoughts on the draft, and then I'm going to give you a few comments on each of the players. And then Doc Walker will join us after that. First of all, what was very obvious about the strategy in this draft the first uh, draft with Ron Rivera, Marty Herney, Martin Mayhew, uh, Stokes, Gribble, polian this whole new you know, executive football operation team. What's very obvious is that Ron Rivera's plan to change the culture Um, is a sincere plan. He's very serious about that. Look at the players that they've added in free agency last year and this year. This year alone, guys like Jackson and Samuel um, and Humphreys, uh, then they they add jamin Davis, Sam Cosme, you know all if you go down the list, team captain academic all all conference you know leader um great work ethic you know one of the coach 's favorites with each pick it seemed like there was some sort of you know, uh, something on the on the on the scroll on NFL network, you know all big Ten or all this, or team captain as a junior whatever. They're going for character, guys. Character is important, which makes me believe that a guy like Micah Parsons may not have even been on their draft board. And I don't know what, what they knew or didn't know about Parsons. but And maybe Parsons was totally fine, but it's guys that come with any sort of red flags. I heard this about Kadarius Toney that they were not going to draft Kadarius Toney. That there were other receivers that they liked. I'll get to that in a little bit. And Tony was not one of them. High character they were looking for in this draft. Number two, they love players who have position versatility. They also have been attempting here, you know, last year and this year to increase overall team speed, which, really, to be fair, was one of Kyle Smith's pushes as well. You know washington's been trying to increase their team speed and athleticism for a few years now i mean it wasn't just you know last year um or this year but uh, you know position versatility is really important with them Jamin davis can play the mike linebacker the middle linebacker he can also play um, the weak side linebacker sam cosme is definitely a left tackle but if forced to he can play guard um, Benjamin St. Juice, their third rounder, uh, the corner, uh, really looks like an outside corner, but there's even some talk that he's got some positional flexibility and could play safety. Uh, Deami Brown, uh, the wide receiver from North Carolina, picked in the third round. He can play on the outside, which is where I expect him as the Z, more, You know, opposite Terry McLaurin as the X. But this guy's got position versatility. Um, he's also a guy that you can really incorporate into a lot of different things, like the fly sweep game. Uh, John Bates is a blocking tight end, but he's also a pass-catching tight end. Derek Force is a special teams guy who looks mostly like he's a safety. No position, versatility, or flexibility with Cameron Cheeseman. Cheeseman's a long snapper. Um, the rest of the guys, to be honest with you, not sure. Um, but the bottom line is, they love you know guys with character, guys with good work ethic, and guys with position versatility. And they they're clearly trying to increase team speed. And one of the reasons for all of of this is that they also are looking for guys that fit their system, guys that are smart. Guys that are flexible, that really can fit into their system in a number of places. Riveras talked about that. That was an emphasis in this draft. Thirdly, they filled needs in this draft. I mean, look at it linebacker, left tackle, cornerback, wide receiver, tight end. Those were the first five picks in the draft. What did we talk about needs going into this thing? Well, they needed a left tackle, they needed a linebacker, they could use another corner, another wide receiver, and another tight end. That was the first five picks. They filled needs. Lastly, their undrafted free agents, they signed one undrafted free agent. Now, part of that is likely because of the, you know, limited pool of legitimate draftable players this year. That probably had a lot to do with it. Um, the player they added, though, is Jarrett Patterson. He was one of the running backs that I really liked going into this draft. When I saw that they had signed him, I was very excited. I think Jarrett Patterson actually can make this football team. He's 5'9", about 190, somewhere around there. He played for the University of Buffalo, one of the one of those guys that you saw on a lot of, you know, Maction Tuesday night, Wednesday night games. Um, he is a tough inside runner. With incredible quick feet and great vision, but he is explosive as hell, too. He can really, really move and run. I think, you know, between Barber and Miller and Patterson, you know, that's going to be sort of the mix in the you know, backups to McKissick and Gibson. Gibson and McKissick are the obvious top two backs on this team, and then if it's just one more back after that, it'll be between the three of them for one spot. If it's two backs, you'll get two of the three. I like Lamar Miller a lot, and I thought Peyton Barber. Um, There's real recognition from this coaching staff of inside-the-tackle guys with really good vision because Barber has it. So So does Jared Patterson. All right, a couple of things on each one of these picks. Jamin Davis we talked about on Friday, Um, I'll just say what I said on Friday. I gotta trust Ron Rivera and Jack Del, Del Rio, two guys who played linebacker, who know linebacker. I've gotta trust that they feel like they got a guy who is their answer at middle linebacker eventually. Not that he will start there. Um, he's got positional uh, versatility and flexibility again. But that you know, when Bostic's gone, Davis is the middle backer, and maybe he starts as the will as the weak side linebacker with Cole Holcomb uh, playing on the other side. Uh, Sam Cosme, uh, I'm not sure what some of you were thinking when you tweeted me and said, oh, he's slow, he's not athletic. Uh, He's the opposite of that. He's very athletic. Sam Cosme, to me, is a very exciting pick, and I would be surprised if they don't think he is the starting left tackle right now. He's got to earn it. You know, but they drafted him. He was one of the players Ben Standig told us that they would be targeting in the second round, and they got him. Uh, they got him at their spot at 51 in the second round. Cosme is a big, big dude at 6'6, 315 pounds. He is super athletic. Uh, the one thing you might not love is he's not one of these, you know, violent, you know, finish off block, you know, drive a guy into a turf kind of a situation but his athleticism his length his size will be uh you know something that they think they picked him in the second round now this isn't Sadiq Charles in the fourth round now some people think Sadiq Charles had a first round talent level but had some issues and Washington took a chance on him last year remember Um, But Cosme, I think, has a chance to start uh, as the left tackle. He'll obviously battle Christian and Lucas for that spot. But I think they believe they drafted their starting left tackle. Whether it's in week one or week five, it's going to be early. Benjamin St. Just, cornerback, Minnesota. I watched Minnesota a few times this year. Um, I watched him against Maryland. I didn't know who this guy was. Watching the tape, what's obvious about him, he fits Washington's profile. Long armed press coverage corner, taller, longer armed, physical, but he can run too. Smart, really smart leader. All of those things came into play with St. Juice. If you watch him, he's a little handsy, you know, in, in, in some of the highlight stuff, um, but you see a guy that can really make plays, and these are the kinds of corners they want. They don't want to sit back 10 yards off the ball. Third round, 82 overall, Deami Brown. I told you this was one of the two receivers that they really liked. Elijah Moore was the other. They weren't going to get more. They got Diami Brown. Diami Brown is going to potentially come in right away and be a significant contributor week one. He could be the starting Z opposite Terry McLaurin as the X, uh, with you know Curtis Samuel and Humphreys, you know, as the next two guys. You know, it could be Samuel out there, and but you're going to see a lot of Diami Brown. I can just tell you, the offensive coaches loved this player, loved him. Uh, John Bates, the tight end from Boise in the fourth round. Uh, I didn't know anything about him. I watched probably like you did. I read like a lot of you did. What struck me in watching this kid is he's got great hands. Great hands. Great soft hands. Could Made catches like tight ends do in traffic, like big tight ends do in traffic. I think it's sort of uh, an interesting pick because they don't have any depth at tight end. You know, there's just no depth there with Washington uh, at tight end behind Logan Thomas. I did think it was very funny on the NFL Network when um, Washington drafted Bates. Uh, Somebody on the NFL Network, I'm forgetting who it is now, immediately put up the NFL comp as Jeremy Sprinkle. (laughs) Uh, He doesn't look like Jeremy Sprinkle to me on the highlight reel. He looks like a much more fluid tight end. Now, they say he blocks really well and that he was more of a safety valve in the pass offense, but I saw a guy that looks like he can get down the field and be a big target with really, really nice hands as well. Uh, after Bates, they they selected Derek Forrest as safety in the fifth round. Um, from what I've been told, they think this guy's got a chance to push Apke um, as a backup safety and as, as, as a special teamer. Uh, Apke was a very good special teams player for them. We talked about Cheeseman in the sixth round. The seventh rounders, William Bradley King, the linebacker, uh, Shaka Tony, the defensive end, and Dax Milne, the, the wide receiver. I can just tell you, I do know Tony's game a little bit, having watched a lot of Penn State football. This is a six foot three, 245 pound, quick twitch, athletic pass rusher. Now, does he make the team in front of uh, what's his face? The NC State guy from last year, whose name is, escapes me, um, uh, James Smith Williams. Uh, is he? You know, does he have a chance to take over? You know, for Casey Twohill as an outside backer, you know, backing up Holcomb. Remember, Ryan Kerrigan's still out there. I'm not going to be surprised if Ryan Kerrigan is signed. Um, but you know, those last three seventh rounders, obviously they got a seventh rounder last year in curl, but in a deeper draft, my favorite pick of this draft is the diami Brown pick. He's the player that I was told a couple of weeks ago, Elijah Moore, diami Brown, a few other receivers that they really liked, but they, that the coaches were in love with diami Brown. There were several people that, that thought he could potentially go end of first round, um, Brown is a bigger receiver at 6'1", 6'1.5", 4'4 speed, um, really excellent catching contested balls for North Carolina from Sam Howell, who is a projected first you know round pick, maybe a top three pick in next year's draft. Carolina was so dynamic offensively. Um, He had, you know, in his last two seasons, he had more than 1,000 receiving yards, 20 touchdowns, averaged more than 20 yards per catch. They love this guy. Um, They think in some ways they may have found another Terry McLaurin in the third round. So that's the guy I think has a chance to really contribute right from the get-go. You know, it's a little bit crowded at wide receiver, McLaurin, Samuel, Cam Sims, you know, Adam Humphreys, and now Deami Brown, you know, that would be my guess on the five. Uh, I think, you know, AGG, who knows Sims Jr. Probably not Harmon coming off the injury. I don't know. um, the only thing about Deami Brown is he's not a, a punt returner or a kickoff returner, so that that is something they still need to figure out. Um, overall, uh, there isn't anything they did that I had a problem with, and the only thing that I probably thought was possible and it, they weren't able to pull it off was moving up for the quarterback, um, which Ron Rivera, you know, basically said, "Look, it was a possibility. It was something that you know uh, we talked a lot about." But at the end of the day, you know, if it didn't fall to us, we weren't going to push it. They don't need to push it right now. You know, unless they were going to go up to eight or nine and get Justin Fields, um, you know, in terms of Kellen Mond or Davis Mills or Kyle Trask, I think if they had really needed a quarterback and didn't get one in the first round, they probably would have been, you know, on Trask in the second round more than the others. But they don't feel like they desperately need it right now. They like Kyle Allen. They like Taylor Heineke. And Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be the starter.
0: Doc Walker next after this word from one of our sponsors. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. I didn't get a chance
1: to do my normal annual draft shows where I get to sit next to the man with the big draft board and telling us who's going to be picked right before the pick comes up. I really missed it this year. Probably the first time Doc Walker and I haven't done a draft show together in, I don't know, 12 years, 11 years, something like that. Um, Doc is on with me and Doc has a podcast. It's the Doc Walker podcast. It's a Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash Doc Walker. Solly, Steve Solomon is producing it for Doc. So yep. there's another podcast for you guys to listen to the Doc Walker podcast. How, how How's it going so far? How many shows are you in at this point?
2: Uh, six. I think today was six or seven. It's coming. You know, it's a uh, different Different format. You'll love it because you're an entrepreneur, but you don't need it because you've got <laughs> hundreds of thousands of listeners and okay. sponsors. But yeah, I like the idea of um like Netflix. It's, you know, it's basically pay-per-view. And if you don't, you don't have to pay. You don't have to do anything. But you don't get Netflix without their $7.99, $4.99. I wish it was even less, but it is what it is. And uh, it's a lot of fun to be by. I, of course, you came up and I'm waiting on the mock schedule and you did not do a mock draft.
1: I never do a mock draft. You know, Every year you say that and I never I know, do a mock draft.
2: But this year, uh-huh. again, you jumped the broom and I. it made you and Russell the rooster. <laughs> I, I, to me, there is no draft without the two of
1: you. Okay, stop.
2: And so let me ask you this though. What? And I appreciate you putting me on mm-hmm. prime time, but who who stiffs you? For those of you that don't know, I'm driving. I'm at the post office, and I'm, I'm actually out there getting a little cardiovascular work in, and Kevin calls me. And whenever he calls, I'm elated because this is a big time. Folks, this is like being called up from single-A ball mm-hmm. for Major League Baseball fans. And he says, can you be on at 1145? Well, immediately I go, heck yes, to be on the Kevin Sheehan podcast and i, I wish tom Laverro were close by because that's my guy uh-huh. i mean now i know somebody stiffed you who who failed to show up well because i wasn't planned. this wasn't planned. but what happened well, whoever I, did that
1: if, whoever stiffed you okay. man thank well, god i'm well, so happy they yeah, did i know you you know i didn't even tell you this but you are pretty perceptive um and Yes, I have. Since I found out that you had a podcast, which, by the way, you didn't even call me to tell me that you had one. Um, I called you just to check up. Ball. I, I don't call a guy I, in the I, I, I just called you uh, two weeks ago, just yeah. or last week. I called you just to catch up and bullshit for a yeah. while. And we're yeah. doing this, and at the very end of the call, you said. I said, "Well, what are you up to?" And you said, "What do you mean? I'm doing a podcast." I said, "Well, how yeah. how was I supposed to know?" And you so worked. we, we you <laughs> well, apparently I worked. wasn't, but, no, I but I immediately, but I immediately, I immediately said to you, "I said, all right, well, I want to get you on the show." Which I, you know, you've been on this show before. It's not like it's your first time. And well, I ain't
2: on the, Well, no, no. Let's be correct now. Whenever somebody stiffs That's
1: you. That's not true at all.
2: You know I'm always there for you. To, I told you.
1: Today, whenever. Today, I'm always there. Today you are absolutely 100% right. Oh, Coo- no. Cooley got his knee operated on a week and a half oh, ago. How's he doing? Have you talked to him recently? No, no, he cut me off before you did. Oh, stop it! I didn't cut you, cut yeah. you off. Nobody yes, cut you off. Did. Stop with it. Yes, you did. Well, you know what? When you're down on I single A ball, it. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to hit you know 385 for a couple weeks before I we start you. paying attention it. to you. Look, I'm not um,
2: complaining. Look, I
1: know I'm not worthy yet. All right, but I'm working on it. So he he sent me a picture, and I'm gonna send you this picture okay, of boy. what his knee looked like after the surgery. He's been in terrible pain for a yeah. week, um, a week plus. And this picture that he sent me, I swear to God, Doc, I'm sending it to you right now. Okay. It looked like there were two beach balls in his knee. Um, he, what? Yeah, I just sent it to you. Uh, I just texted okay. you a picture. Um, he's been in pain, and he just hasn't been able to – I had him on last week. I probably pushed it by having him on on Friday for a little – you know, he wasn't – you know, totally. Oh, upward. my God. Can you see that? That's, that's... You know,
2: we I had uh, on the legacy with the football team. Mm-hmm. It took me four weeks to get Larry Brown to do the show because he was in so much pain with his lower back on the day of the show. We had to get him to adjust his blinds. And my God, it, I felt bad for asking him to do that just so we could make it the look shot better yeah he's in real pain and uh thank god hopefully it's getting better for larry you know the hits and what we love about the 70s because you're a historian it's about how this guy threw his body around
1: Let, I mean, we, we larry, larry, larry brown is one of the greatest running backs in franchise no history Absolutely. and if he if he didn't have the knee injuries he was headed to the Hall of Fame, people. He was an NFL MVP in 1972, and exactly. then and back then, unfortunately, when you got a serious knee injury, they didn't have the same ability to fix it like they do today. Now, and, well,
2: Floyd Little, who's in the Hall, their numbers are comparable. Yeah, and I would put it before you and the board, but I still think Larry has a shot. The, hoping, I'm praying. The board. same thing I do with, and and it's one thing, and I know I'm sensitive to it because it's burgundy and gold, but. Pat Fisher, Brian Mitchell, Gary Clark. See, I never throw somebody's name out Hall of Fame. I never do that. I think it's disrespectful to do it because not everybody should be in it. Not everybody will be in it. But if I have to consider you, you ain't in it. It's that fact. It should be slam dunk. Right. And we got guys that are so close to that. And i like to see it happen. But I think there's somebody in New York, somebody in Madison Avenue that... Somebody pissed off once upon a time here, and we get no benefits of the doubt.
1: Well, I—I I mean, we all believe, and I think you would agree with me and Jake that Jake is the biggest missing Hall of Fame member from, you know, from uh, from our team. Uh, Jake, agree. Jake, you don't have to think about it. Jake, no, Joe no. Jacoby, if you saw him play, he was no. a Hall of Fame player. The others, yes. to your point. You do have to think about it a little bit. Like right. I think Gary Clark is very underrated in the conversation because I think it, when you put his numbers up against a lot of guys that are in the Hall of Fame, they're better. Gary Rice, yeah. And then if you, and then if you, well, not Rice's numbers, but if no, you, no,
2: I'm just saying. He, but what he and Rice have in common: fifty receptions or more for a decade.
1: Yeah, uh, Gary Clark played like a Hall of Famer. His numbers are Hall of Fame. You know, worthy-ish worthy, uh, worthy ish, close. There are players in there that with worse numbers than him. You know, he had, you know, production in the USFL before he came here. Those, those years don't count. And that, right. so Gary and and B Mitch to me are the two. Now we don't see a lot of returners end up in the hall of fame and, and you won't. And by the way, doc, as much as we both love Brian and you worked with him for years Brian's one of the greatest return men of all time, and he's still second cool. on the all-time all-purpose yardage list, I think, behind Jerry Rice. But, yeah, but, Brian, but Brian wasn't Devin Hester.
2: Devin, no, nobody
1: was. Yeah. So Devin Hester, to me, when I watched him, I'm like, that's a Hall of Famer. No hesitation. Right? I yeah. didn't care what position he was playing. He was a Hall of Fame player. Brian had the long career, was always one of the top three or four punt returners and kickoff returners in the game over a long period of time. And I think his, I think he has a, a worthy case, but it's not, you know, as you said, it's not if you've got to think about it. And with Brian yeah, – if you've if you got
2: to think a second, but Brian to me ran like a fullback And Hester ran like a tailback doing the same job. Exactly. Because Brian ran through people (laughs) and ran around them.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
2: you never get the same sizzle as the sprinter. Right. Because he captivated, took your breath away. Brian brutalized people and got the same results. But NASCAR versus the truck series, the car always wins.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, mm-hmm. Brian Brian was a bruiser as a returner. He was a beast. Yeah, and, he was a beast. And, but by the way, when Brian got into the open field, he could outrun you.
2: Oh no, no, that's why he's such a freak because he had the boat. Hester, if he didn't get a break, he's down. Yeah. B. Mitch created his turf like Mike Nels. They created their own real estate, but nothing fascinates us more than speed.
1: The other thing about Brian, and I've, I've said this so many times over the years, probably never to him, and I probably should have at some point, Brian's best games and most memorable, memorable games were in the biggest games. They were oh, huge no, games, Christ. playoff games, games late in seasons. With yeah. you know, even when he went to Philadelphia, you know, oh, he had big out. returns in, cha- in the in the NFC Championship game and in playoff games. Exactly. Um, and he did it by the way, out of the backfield too. Remember, Gibbs in '92 used him out of the back. First of all, they faked a punt where Brian ran for like 40 yards in a playoff yeah. game, and then the game that they lost in the mud at Candlestick when Brian oh. and ripping, you know, botched that handoff. It was Uh, B Mitch uh, who was taking the game over in the fourth quarter.
2: I know it. I mean, and that would have changed, you know, that one game alone Mm might have propelled his entire career. We might not be having this conversation. He might already be in if that outcome, if they beat the Niners and he's, he's the guy that's leading it. Not that he needed to do more, but we talk about these ties. What about Jake when Larry Michael got LT and those guys that went against Jake to talk about Jake, that was a slam dunk case closed. I don't think anybody has a problem saying LT's the best ever at his position, the best ever, the best ever. And when he gives that high praise of a guy, he combats a combatant every twice a year for a good period of years. Plus Jake's versatility to play right tackle, left guard, right guard, it, it's a sin what has gone on. And it's something personal. And I don't know who did it to whomever in New York at the league office, but yeah, he it's should, blatant.
1: He, he should be in. It's blatant. He should be in. It's yeah. absolute blatant. By the way, when you, when you mention LT, um, I don't know how this came up, uh, but it was on the radio show the other day. I was trying to remember it, and I found it this weekend. Remember when Bill Belichick, they were getting ready to play the Bears and Khalil Mack, or the Raiders. Yeah. They were getting ready to play the Raiders and Khalil Mack. Yeah. And somebody said, you know, um, asked Belichick, he, they, they, they said, Bill, um, compare, you know, where does Khalil Mack, you know, sort of rate against uh, LT? And Belichick just kind of smiled. He said, no, we're talking about Lawrence Taylor. He said, "Khalil Mack, he's he's a good player, but we're talking player. about Lawrence Taylor here. Yeah, no, yeah nobody. He said, 'You yeah. can, You count for a few spots before you get to LT. LT is yeah. the greatest single football player of my football watching lifetime. At any position, he's the greatest player that of my lifetime watching football. I don't remember yeah. Jim Brown, Jerry uh, Rice. Of course, I remember Jerry yeah, Rice, but to me, Jerry, yeah. but to me, I'll take I'll take LT over Jerry Rice." He d- and
2: it's interesting because you know what Coach Thompson said about Elgin Baylor? Yes. And I think that's categorizes LT. There's LT, then you skip five spots, and then you start. Yeah. On yeah. The red. It's not comparable. And always people say, what's the best thing about LT? I said, play away. Yeah, he's a bear on you, but play away? You couldn't cut him up. You couldn't stop him from getting to where he wanted to get, and that's desire. And he went against backs, tight ends, tackles, doubles. He and Randy White, who to me, Randy White's career was so distinguished because until Russ Grimm grew up a little bit, became a full-grown terror, no human being in the National Football League blocked Randy White one-on-one. He was doubled his that's whole such career.
1: A, it's such a good one, too, to have on that list. Oh, you know, God. Randy White was just ridiculous. Randy
2: White, John Randall. Yeah. See, I'm talking about guys with motors, Mike Singletary. You you look at what happened in Baltimore. They happen to have two on the field at the same time. And that's why when I was listening to your draft coverage, and I agree with it, but we got to look at, do we have elite players per unit, three phases, line, linebacker secondary. If you look at what the Ravens did when you got Ray Lewis in the middle backed up by another Ray Lewis in the secondary. Yeah. It, it's just it's it's I do I can't describe it. It really is difficult to understand and they front four was ferocious, but they you don't get two generational players, two Hall of Famers in the same time in their career. That's what makes it freaky.
1: If Sean Taylor had lived, Ed Reed or Sean Taylor?
2: Well, I don't. I have to make it up
1: because uh, well, I you, saw we Ed know Reed what do it we know how raid. we know how it was trending with Sean. I, Let's I, pretend it I continued to trend. I can't think of anybody that would have
2: surpassed him because he had no weakness. Yeah, and not that not that Ed does, but he's a bigger version of Ed.
1: Bigger, faster.
2: He's bigger, faster, stronger. So, obviously, I think he would have won it. I, that kid, and that's why I say in life, never take anything for granted. He would run to practice. <laughs> yeah. He has left his car at, at, and run home. Yeah, He was in – because the greatest athletes, coach, and I'm not telling you, I'm wasting my time yeah, just, repeating this with you because you know it. Right, right, They're also the best conditioned. You never have to – Get after them to get in shape. They don't leave home without it. There's no weakness.
1: They're not when gonna, you got
2: to beg a guy to come to practice. He ain't the guy.
1: They're not gonna. They're not gonna let tired make a coward of him at the end. Um, all never. Right. Per never. usual, okay. we we've, right. we've gone in all these different directions, but I do want to hear your thoughts on the draft, and we'll get those okay. right after this word from one of our sponsors.
2: Man, it was so good to see
1: Tommy. Oh, man. I had so much fun. He yeah, is, um Neil told me uh, about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Three. No, Kevin, come on, man. You, three. You're too big. Okay, stop. Well, let's do this. Three, good. two, <laughs> one. Doc Walker is joining us. He's got a podcast, the Doc Walker Podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash uh, Doc Walker. Um, to find it. He's doing it with Steve Solomon, who's producing it for him. Solly's a part of the podcast. I'm sure it's phenomenal. All right, let's talk about the draft. Mm-hmm. What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it?
2: I like, you know, because you've dominated the pre-draft process, you and Mel and those guys. Okay. So I've never focused on that. I, focused on, I don't even care until we get them. And once we get them, and then when Dallas makes their selection because of Clarence Goldsboro Jr., I kind of got to keep my eyes open for that. Other than that, I was pleased with Davis because I don't define a draft by the first round. The failure rate is too high. The second round, we're awful. I mean, it's just our pass is ridiculous. I don't get excited until the fourth, fifth, sixth round because that's usually where we hit goal. Mm-hmm. But now we got a new group. And with Marty, Martin, and coach, I think we're seeing an adjustment. And I love the adjustment because character first, speed second, physicality third. And that's how I kind of sum this up. So on paper, I'm pleased.
1: Where was Davis on your big board?
2: Uh, I don't have a big board. I don't have a, and i never had a big, well, no. I, well, I did do it for a while. Yeah, I no longer do that. Right. <clears throat> it's too hard to compete with you and, I don't and Rooster I don't and guys. And bull crap. Rooster, Rooster, Mel Kiper, Rooster, what Mel Rooster. gives of his life to all of us, man, I I, I can't. Nobody. Right, here's can
1: a that. here's a serious question for you. Okay? okay, not that the other one wasn't serious. Yeah. What's clear to me with Ron is when he came in, he talked about a culture change. He wasn't yeah. playing around. Like everything right. he he does, he's thinking about bringing. As we know, given some of the people that we have dealt with in the past, higher yeah. quality people into the building, and almost every idea. single pick, you know, you saw like uh, when they picked him on the on the on the on the ticker going under the scroll going underneath, all you know, all academic, you know, first team, uh, team captain, like all go. of these Boy. guys, yeah. Love the, it. these guys are all higher quality guys. Now, for you, over the years. I can remember the years in which you would say very plainly, "Give me somebody with a record. I need somebody that's yeah. done some time." So, Harry well, how- Jones.
2: Yeah, I'm more. I'm more inclined. See, here's the deal: mm-hmm. to go high risk, you have. We're not set up for it. In other words, I can handle a daycare and a de- de- detention camp.
1: You, you could I can handle it. Yes, you could.
2: See, because I want a guy that's got pepper in his grits. Like, let's be honest. The kid out of Penn State that Dallas took. We can't do that. Yeah, we can't do it. But Dallas has a department set up for it. As a matter of fact, Calvin Hill just retired. Mm-hmm. If you're going to set up a system, almost like a correctional system, then it don't matter. Because you, you're saying we can keep him in control. We can get him to the game and get him to perform. What he does after the game – We got people that handle that. And I respect that, but you got to make an investment into that. We can't handle that. And at least now we're clear. We're no longer kidding ourselves. Here's who we are. We got to get guys that can handle the English language, that can get through an interview, and that we think will show up on time, if not before the time (laughs) he's supposed to be in the building. Okay, we gave a guy $20 million, and we're afraid to pay $100,000 to get him at work
1: on time. That's what you used to yeah. say about I think it was Fred Davis. When he slept oh, yeah. Fred in Davis for like Davis. second sl- oh, you, Trojan. you said, Trojan. You, said Trojan. you said my god they spent a second round pick on this dude and they don't have yeah. somebody to be there to wake him up? Dude, obviously <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe.
2: You know? Well, no, I'm just saying cuz they never conformed yeah. to what I thought they should do. And as a result, we ended up in last place way too often. <laughs> right. That's the pass. Now with Ron, It's different. with Martin, and Seems Marty. So. it's No, right now, all we can do is judge what we've seen. One year, one championship. One East championship, building blocks. Okay, is this sexy? Did you hear about um, football team one flying around, picking people up? You didn't hear nothing. Nope,
1: not yet. Not you didn't yet. hear nothing. Nope. And he's, so, he, he's out I'm of just it. saying. Your 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 your, your your boy, your boy's out of it. He was out well, of it this year.
2: We'll see uh, the way they're being run now from an organizational standpoint. I think it's doing this legitimately, and so they got a kid that runs like the wind, built like Zeus, and can count the ten and knows his ABCs. So we're already hitting the board.
1: <laughs> he okay, knows, he knows his ABCs. I remember there was a certain player out of the SEC. That that didn't really know his ABCs, and you said, "Man, yeah. this guy's built like Adonis, but he's struggling with his ABCs."
2: And no, but I'm just saying, look, if you can't comprehend a scheme, yeah. I can't use you.
1: They you know we can say
2: simplify it now. And I'm a defensive guy. I want us to load up on defense because until I can trust us offensively, I want to be able to control the game on teams and defense. And I got, I'm like George Allen. I just gotta hope we don't turn it over and I hope that we sustain drives because to me, we're still more apt to try to trick you than to bust your skull open. <laughs> and until, until I'm convinced uh-huh. that we're going to put our hands down in the dirt and three point stances, come off the ball and try to mutilate people. Then I'm gonna always have doubt on what I, what will lead this team. I ain't mad at nobody there. But I, I'm like, it's too much flicking thing. Uh, uh-uh. Physical, up front. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm waiting to see. And you can't see that until you're in training camp in pads. Because I don't judge the underwear Olympics whatsoever. I don't give a damn about the combine. What I want to know is that when they strap it up in training camp, are we going to have an inside drill? Are we going to have any live goal line? Are we going to actually practice football? Or are we going to be throwing swing passes and check downs?
1: Well, I mean, you you do this all the time when you, you, know, you want to play slobber knocker, line it up, mutilate people, the whole thing. And so you don't like the fancy sideway passes and the little shovel passes and the little receivers coming around for fly sweeps. It's not your kind of football. That's not what you prefer. But you know who runs a lot of that stuff? Kansas City. Now they do have Patrick Mahomes, so I do understand that. But that's a lot of the league now. A lot of the league has a lot no. of that stuff. You're not a big fan. Have you said it on your podcast yet? Because now you no. can you can really no. get after it on your. Have you said no, what you think I about Scott Turner?
2: I always get after it. You're not a big no, fan of Scott Turner. No, no, no. I, I not opposed to Scott Turner as a person. Well, I don't like their approach. Right. Okay. And Tampa Bay, they could have beat Tampa Bay if their lives depended on it because they can't run the ball and they can't stop the run. So I'm talking at the highest level. It's nothing personal with me. See, you like all that.
1: All I want is results. I actually like it the other way. The
2: the results, their results are mediocre. So what is there for me to like? All I'm saying, I just want to win. I don't care how they do it. I'm not forcing them kind of playing down their throat. I'm just saying if you're under 800, 800, under 500, if you can live with that, then so be it. I don't want to dictate anything to my football team other than that. Nobody's going to out-tough us. And we're not going to run a screen on third and one. I'm just saying <laughs> if I got Mr. All-Pro <laughs> Slobberknocker, sheriff, <laughs> I got all these screen. linemen, and I'm in yeah. a two-point stance, yeah getting my guys driven back, I, it's not my style. It don't mean I'm, I, I just don't like it. Now, if they got results, I could learn to like it. I learned to like Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But that's not fair. But that's okay. I knew you played dirty. <laughs> no, you no, picked no, the number it wasn't one fair. team. It wasn't Where fair. With Tampa, no, you should have picked the champions.
1: Well, they were great.
2: Because Tampa, Kansas City got gutted.
1: <laughs> so you should have said, what about Tampa? Well, you know they got—that's what I'm talking about. They got gutted by number 45 on defense, who didn't play well, against he us. He didn't play Devin against White. us. Yeah, no, he
2: didn't play against us. Yeah, that's why we're still trying to talk some people <laughs> into the fact that it was a close game.
1: Well, okay, it, it was, <laughs> but people conveniently forgot that Devin White yeah. didn't play in the game. And if you yeah. watched him the rest of the way, he was their best player. Not, not He's the on the defense. The he, not on yeah. defense, he was the best player on their team um
2: LT he has LT like results
1: he he was something else in the postseason
2: he's a bad man so, so all I'm saying and I'm not saying to go three tight ends and two fullback no we can throw it Joe Gibbs through it we can do all that but it's what is our personality all I'm saying is that I don't care if you got a tuxedo on when stuff breaks down I expect you to throw down
1: I'm so upset we didn't get to do our draft show on Thursday night from Buffalo well, Wild you Wings me. or someplace. You, see, you have I don't, a I
2: podcast.
1: I the two million
2: two million plus people listening to okay. now, and you could have we could have done our own thing. We, you well, never called. Well, yeah, you wouldn't call me. Anyway. It's a
1: good. It's a good thing I called you last week just to catch up, or I wouldn't even know you were doing a podcast.
2: Well, look, what am I supposed to do?
1: Call me. Go
2: to you. Here you are. World Series-type guy, Yankee-Dodger kind of guy. Listen, uh, hold on. For, I'm in single A, hold okay? On, hold on I'm back in single A.
1: Hold on for a second. When I left radio for a year um, yeah. when Urban One bought our station, there was only one person from the radio station when I launched my podcast that called mm-hmm. and said, do you want to come on, Pro- promote your podcast, the whole thing? Right. And right. I was a little bit hesitant to go back on 980 at the time because I wasn't right. real happy with them. Right. Um, and that one person was you, you were the only one and I'm not, I'm not blaming. I think other people just thought that I wouldn't want to come back on the station. And I understand that. And I came back on with you. I think I came back on with you once or twice. So so the first thing I would have done, which I did do when you told me last week is say, I'm going to have you on very soon. So we can talk about your new podcast now i don 't think it's going to help you you 've got a massive following nobody needs me to promote doc walker 's podcast um but I said so to you funny. if you want to come on, I want to have you come on and we 'll do it um you to, look
2: look i 'm not a little no libero and i 'm no Chris Cooley, but all i 'm saying is that I like the fact that I know i 'm at least in your minor league Program.
1: Well, you're one. So of, you're one of my favorite you, conversations yeah, no, no, on or off the air no, no, yeah. all the time. So when, <laughs> when when one of your
2: aces goes down, okay. at least you have confidence to call me up. I get to come up from Richmond, you know, and
1: come up hey, from Richmond.
2: Yeah, and I'm thrilled uh-huh. to be on
1: the Kevin. When when and Doc me. and I, Doc and I, I don't know. It was probably ten or eleven straight years. We were yeah, always uh, teamed up on the first night of the draft from. Uh, yeah. to, to sort of lead the coverage and you know yeah. we, we would be at some restaurant and somewhere, that was the best yeah and um the best is when we would notice that yeah. we were a little bit delayed so people that were listening were hearing us a little bit after the tv uh broadcast of, of the at draft yeah, and so is. doc one year <laughs> Every single pick, it came up on NFL Network, you know, and it popped up as, you know. First seven. (laughs) <laughs> the, first seven, the first seven players, you know, came yeah. up as uh, Washington selects with the fifth pick, LaRon Landry, and Doc. Right before he'd see it, we were we were on radio, and we were a right. little bit. Uh, he'd say, "I, I yeah. think they're going to go Landry here, uh, Kev. I'm not sure. That's the yeah. way I would go." And I, 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 you know, and you did that right. for about seven or eight straight. Seven, yes. Yeah, and straight. people yeah, it was the, the, the next day were absolutely <laughs> convinced that you were like Karnak. Um you had you had it all figured out. All right. I want you to No, like I was cooley. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um I want you to stick around for two more minutes because I do want to talk about um Russell Westbrook and the Washington Wizards performance tonight. And we'll do that right after this word from one of our sponsors. Doc Walker uh, is with me and you um, have a great new podcast out there called the Doc Walker Podcast. It's available on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash doc walker to listen to it. I did want to finish up with um, a little bit about the Wizards and maybe a little bit about the NBA as well. And for okay, those of boom. you that want me to weigh in on what Bobby Three Sticks said about, uh, our, about Kirk Cousins, did you see that? <laughs> did you see that, Doc? No, I heard
2: about it. I thought of you. I almost called you, but I knew you wouldn't take my call. And it was – I was so glad for Bob. Bob's future is in television. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Let's no doubt he's excellent. Oh, he's going to be. No, he's fantastic, and he's going to run. He's going to rule the market one day. As soon as he's full fledged, he's kind of straddling the fence now, playing. No, Bob, it's over. You did your thing. Hit the mic. Get the microphone.
1: You know what? He actually he was on Bleacher Report. on Saturday, uh, Friday or Saturday, I forget when it was, talking about the draft, and he's excellent as an analyst. First of all, you Uh, know, Bobby Three Sticks, RG3, can really, as you refer to him, Bobby Three Sticks, um, (laughs) or just Bob. Bob. Even even when he was playing quarterback here, you started to refer to him as Bob. I'm I'm not sure that they, they were fond of that, but that was funny. Um, yeah, well, Bobby well, um, he weren't my concern. He Bobby's was. not, just for those of you wondering, Bobby's not even in the NFL anymore, and he's not going to be in the NFL. I don't think anybody will sign Bobby, even though he probably tweets about being signed all the time um, among all of his— Oh, I
2: didn't know that. I didn't know that.
1: But, but, the Ravens released him? Yeah, they cut him. They cut him a month, a month and a half ago.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I'm on Burgundy Gold, so I'm sorry. I didn't know that. It's my bad.
1: Yeah, um, Bob, Bob's not in the NFL. Anyway, let me get cut to the chase because then I want to okay. end with Russ Westbrook. Okay. He said um, when the Vikings took Kellen Mond at the top of the third round, he said, I can tell you that number eight in Minnesota is not real happy right now. Because Kellen Mond represents exactly what he doesn't do well. Kellen Mond is okay. the big physical quarterback. He can run it, throw it all over the field, and I don't right. think that's something that number eight is able to and do. That's what he said
2: he in said Minnesota,
1: that? Oh, my I wouldn't even it's refer okay. to him as Cousins, although he did a little bit later right. on. He said, right. "This is exactly what the coaching staff and administration's looking for." He said Cousins has been collecting checks there in Minnesota for a long time, taking them to eight and eight and nine and seven seasons. If he's got a bad start to the year like he did last year, I could see the fans and maybe the organization leaning toward Mond if he comes in and impresses. Wow. Okay. Um, Bobby's not in the NFL. Bobby really does sound like, uh, and I'm being serious here for a moment. He can do television. He's he's got incredible charisma. Oh, no. he's, he's smart. He's a very good communicator. And by the way, what what you saw this you know past weekend is Bobby will let it fly. You know he'll he'll go after somebody including a former t- teammate like Cousins. Now there was no love lost between the two of them, but at least he's not on a team throwing teammates under the bus, which is what he used to do all the time. I'll never forget when he said, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady can't be Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady without, you know, without good 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 players around him. Um that was that was the that was when Gruden lost it for good. That's when he said, yeah. "Can't have it anymore." But I really do think he'd be a good commentator. Now, on the subject itself, Mm -hmm. the Minnesota fans, very much like the Washington fans, they are split on Kirk Cousins. They either hate him and think that he is overrated and is collecting too big of a check and throws nothing but check downs and, and collects garbage yards, or you're on the other side like i've been where i think he's a good a damn good quarterback that he's yeah. somewhere in that you know top 8 to 12 to 13 14 range somewhere in there and if you put a good team around him you can win last year he had an excellent season not a good season an excellent season they were lethal offensively all year long they had a horrendous defense and their special teams were the worst in the league the kicker missed uh, something like eight or nine That's field right. goals and five extra That's points and they they went out to try to uh, really, they, they had uh, offensive line and defense um, in mind this offseason. Now, the big issue with Kirk and why they draft, drafted Kellen Mond is not because Kellen Mond's going to compete with Cousins, okay? For those of you that actually think Kellen Mond's going to be the starter, you're insane, all right? Even Rick Spielman laughed that off and said Mond is going to compete to be a backup, to be on the roster. Um, right. Cousins has the third highest salary cap number among all quarterbacks this year. Is it forty million? Uh, it's not forty million. It's oh, um, close. okay. And uh, but and then it's like the second highest in twenty twenty two. This okay. is the problem: is that you can't pay a Kirk Cousins and have him account for seventeen percent of your salary cap. And if it's if it's Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Russell yeah. Wilson. You know, you don't even want it with them. You certainly don't want it with Cousins. And so they're planning, they are planning for life after Kirk. Now, personally, I don't think it's going to be Mond because um, I was not a big fan of Kellen Mond in college. But um, but but I do think that they understand that if he doesn't win and win big or the team doesn't um, around him, that they're putting around him, you know, in the next two years, they're going to have to move on because they can't, they can't keep paying him what they're paying him. But that's their own fault. That's not his fault.
2: No, I'm not mad at Kirk. Kirk has made a lot of people a ton of money. Um well, I just I have an issue. I have an issue whenever a quarterback and his ace receivers don't get along. That is a problem that the quarterback has to settle. Right. If he's the guy I need him to be, he works that out and he makes it happen. Um, it's, it's happened. It's too, too much for it not to have some credence to it, but fortunately the purple, I don't have to worry about that. Um, and the Vikings have a great base. I'm not hating on him. I think he helped this league a lot. He's a lot like Kirk flood, the old St. Louis Cardinals, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Washington. A lot of players in this league should send him checks and send him gifts. Yeah for what he did. I mean it took some you know what to do what he did and he did it. And so we've had a great example of how to benefit in this system. He just played the system. He didn't do anything wrong. And he's one enough to warrant that the team that should have had his head examined is a team that didn't get anything for him. <laughs> and the fact that he's not a 49. He would have been a great Niner. Yeah. I think him if he was in 49ers uh, there, what they do in San Francisco with Shanahan is genius, and they would have made it work with him. And unfortunately, that meant we—when I say we, <clears> the <throat> burgundy Gold—we would have had an asset as a result of it.
1: Right. Um,
2: Only yeah. we, we, we. That's the thing I hate about it. Not him. Do you get paid? I don't mind Brandon Sheriff. Get paid, Brandon. Protect your family. Then after the negotiation, then I get back involved. While a guy's fighting for generational wealth, I don't get involved in that because that's what he ought to do because we know what's going to happen if he gets hurt. We know what's going to happen if he gets brain damage. He's gone. So I I get in the middle. I don't take sides when it comes to money. Get your money. But I just think that we have not handled it in a way that I would have chosen in terms of I don't want you on my team, I got to get something for you.
1: Yeah, well but they, to get what we received, yeah, it it's, a, it's a tragedy. Yeah, they, they didn't know what they were doing. Um, All right. So, um, last thing, and then we will finish up for the day. And I thank Doc okay. Walker for j- jumping on. Um,
2: I feel that I'm a substitute, the guy that well, wanted yeah, but to you, come you, in. You've never been a substitute before.
1: Today, sub- you were a substitute. Yeah. I admit that. No, um, sub-
2: and I don't mind doing that. Yeah, hey,
1: I, I don't mind no, being a you're, sub of the world gl- champions. You know what? It takes a grinder to know a grinder, and you're a grinder. That's a, that's um it. Russell Westbrook on Saturday night in the loss to Dallas, 125-124. I'm telling you, Doc, I don't know if you saw this game or not. I think it was one of the best games I've seen a Wizards player play in years. Years. Russ carried that team back. They were down 18 in the first half. This is a yeah. team that's playing exceptionally well. The Mavericks are playing, or the Mavericks are the best team they have faced in a, a while during this run. A plus. Yeah. A plus. And he and Doncic went back and forth, and he was spectacular. 42 yeah. points on the night. All right. 10, it was one assist short of a, a triple double. 42, yeah, nine. 10, yeah, and and 9. Tough. Only yeah. two turnovers for Russ in 40 minutes. That's and the key. And they they had a you know, a lot of the fans wanted Russ to take the last shot. And I understand that. I think I would have had Russ take the last shot. They went to Beal. Beal t- nearly turned the ball over. Neto made a really good play, got it back to Beal. Beal had an open look and missed. And you know, Beal has not been a closer at the end of these games. You know, that's mm-hmm. what's missing right now from Beal is closing out these games. You know, Lillard or Steph or you know, uh, you know, like. Um, and well, Beal,
2: I mean, ain't a whole bunch of people like literally Steph. I know. That's,
1: I know. That's but, but but a lot of our fans want to start putting Beal into the conversation with the best in the game. Now,
2: well, you ain't um, got to put him in. He puts himself in.
1: Well, he's got to make so some of these the shots at is. the end of the game.
2: Yeah, you ain't got to talk nobody into that. Dame Lillard, when it's Dame time, phenomenal. Same thing with, that, 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 with um, the Warriors, with stuff, Steph. Steph, yeah. Don't talk people into it. Let them play themselves into it. Whether you like Westbrook or not, the Bruin, he earns his check oh. every night, and he helps people get better around him. The Wizards now, I mean, I'm – I mean, yeah, of course I'm in the bag for I wish they would play a little bit better defense and they're giving you better effort. I just love it. And you're getting much better the wall thing that that was never gonna play. I love John off the court. Nobody has contributed more and maybe ever will to his efforts in Southeast. Right. The District of Columbia. Yep. John Wall is the most unselfish superstar I've ever seen. But from a basketball standpoint right now, this is the best they've been since Jordan was here and we had a little playoff pinch and we had that Chicago win back in the day. I like what I see.
1: Um, it was such a, a phenomenal performance by Russ the other night. I just loved yeah. watching him. He's just such a – he just – he's he willed them back. And he won't s- die. He, just, he won't can't, die. He, well, he can't. You can't kill him. He
2: can't. Can't
1: kill um, They have a huge game tonight against Indiana uh, because they are working their way up close to that eighth spot. They're two games out of the eight. Yeah. Indiana's right in front of them. This is a big game for them tonight. They play the uh, Pacers twice, I think, this week. Um, yeah. But Winnable. I know games. most like of The
2: San Antonio game. Yeah. The San Antonio game in yeah. that game, that really hurts because they play well enough to win them. If you lose one in overtime, that's what I'm measuring. The one night they gave, they got, somebody scored 149 on them. They didn't deserve that. You yeah. give them 149 points. Go home, but I do like what I see.
1: Do you know? Uh, did you see um, the other night? Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder got beat uh, the other night. A 100- hundred. Oh, the Celtics? No. The th- the the, oh. pa- the Pacers, the the opponent tonight for the Wizards, beat the Man. Thunder the other night. One fifty-two to ninety-five. They won by fifty. Yeah. 50- Seven points. The Celtics yeah. game you're talking about, they came which,
2: back from sixty. Yeah, Jason Brown Tatum, blew up.
1: Jason Tatum, Tatum had sixty, yeah, Tatum. and they came from thirty-two down to beat the Spurs in overtime. Jason Tatum's one of my favorite players in the league, and there's a, a lot of comparisons, often to Beal, between Tatum and Beal. I'm just telling mm-hmm. you right now, you give me Jason Tatum, I'm sending Bradley Beal to Boston, and I love Bradley Beal. Oh, All right. I love him too. But Jason too. Tatum is going to, is going to be if Everybody he already is superstar at a high level. I had sixty when they were yeah, down thirty two. Right. you know my um, oldest is a Celtic fan, so um, of course, I had to of I had to deal with that. Oh. And you know what? I
2: applaud the effort.
1: The, you applaud what effort? Your son's effort? No, no.
2: I applaud the Cel- Browns' efforts. Tatum's efforts. Yep. The Celtics have been a rocky road. They still may be a factor in it. I'm going to love the NBA once the playoffs start, but um, it's going to be unbelievable, and I'm going to leave it at that because right now both of my L.A. teams are getting kicked in the teeth, and it's been a no, rough the, month. The, the,
1: the Clippers are going to be okay. <clears throat> the Clippers are going to be okay. Um, Clippers are
2: not the- my team.
1: Oh, you you said the uh, purple
2: but, and gold and yeah, love you blue.
1: Well, I know the Lakers are your team. You said two yeah. LA teams. Oh, the Dodgers. Yeah they've, yeah, they've 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 actually come backwards a little bit here recently. Yeah, Good win for yeah. The Nats we had big, yesterday. we had
2: an offensive explosion last night, yesterday rather. But that and then you know the curly W's and um, <laughs> it, I'm taking a beating right now. Teams okay. that I like, like the Nats and even the Caps, have been you know. Uh, we we don't go a period of time without over you. That's kind of like yeah. rare air. They need him, so it's cool. But hey, pretty soon, the Turpins, Coach Loxley. yep, UVA, Coach Mendenhall. okay. Hey man, I and Navy. Did
1: you forget anybody? Yeah.
2: No, no, no. But all, all I'm saying to you is that right. That pigskin is about to come back in the air.
1: I can't wait. You know yeah, what? I can't Can wait. I just tell you something? This is this was really really spectacular. I appreciate you doing it on short notice. You are a, a great friend and always there when I need you. And always. And you can ask me to do anything, and you know I'll be there for you as well.
2: And I know you will. And I'm just saying right now, let's let the public know. Yeah. We will never miss a draft
1: again. again. Okay. No, Done.
2: Next year. Yeah, we can we just do it on our own. Doc, you know what I mean.
1: Doc's got a podcast, the Doc Walker podcast. It's on Patreon. You go to patreon dot com slash doc walker. Mm-hmm. You can find it there. Uh, thank you, Richard. Thank um, you,
2: Tommy. Give Tommy a hug for me tomorrow, and tell Cooley that <laughs> I love him. And I just hope that that's minor surgery because it looked major. I hope it's minor. Yeah,
1: that didn't that didn't look anything uh, approaching minor. Um, Tommy's yeah. with me tomorrow, and. We'll check on Cooley's status throughout the week. All right, thanks. Well, let
2: me know. I'm I'm here to fill in whenever you need me. Like I say, I'm yours.
1: My man. uh, Back tomorrow. Later. 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 Bye-bye. See you. All right, thanks. You got it.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.